Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, your host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. In this podcast, we'll tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. Each episode will provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing realtors today. Thank you for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windermere Ask a Coach. My name is Michael Fanning. I will be your host for this session. And uh, today, with this podcast, we like to talk about what's going on in the marketplace in terms of real estate and how it impacts both our real estate agents and our clients, and then give some strategies and ideas around how we can be better at providing service for our clients and also showing up on a more professional level as real estate agents. And I'm so excited today because I've got Corey Brewer with me. Corey, how are you? Doing great, Michael. Thank you. Yep. And so for those of you listening, uh, just a little bit of background on Corey. Corey is with the Windermere uh, organization. He is the vice president of residential uh, operations uh, inside of the uh, Windermere family when it comes to um, basically um, rental properties and, and rental investing and working with renters, working with landlords, that type of thing. Um, and also he's been in the business since 2003. So 19 years, Corey, you've been doing this. Yeah, I I was actually a, a realtor, a sales broker myself for the first eight or so. Um, and then I've been here doing what I do now for about 11 or 12 years. And and so one of the reasons why I wanted to have Corey on today is many times uh, with our listeners, we have both uh, res- Windermere agents, uh, non-Windermere agents, and then the general public. And as the market is kind of uh, shifting a little bit in a lot of our areas, we're finding that it has an impact. And so today we want to talk about the impact that it's having in the world of rental properties, ownership, being a renter, that type of thing. Uh-huh. So Corey, just kind of a, from a 30,000 foot view right off the bat, what, what are you seeing? What's happening right now in terms yeah. of state as it relates to your business? Okay, so I'm going to start off with some some statistics. I'm going to throw a bunch of numbers at everybody uh, and hope I don't lose you. It, I, we probably have a lot of numbers, people listening. We do. Um, okay, so I'm a, every six months... Uh, I put together a pretty substantial, comprehensive uh, update on the rental market. And the reason I do it every six months is because I want to collect enough of a sample size to where the, the, the numbers are truly indicative of trends and they actually mean something. And uh, a one-off anomaly doesn't throw the whole thing out of skew. Right. Um, so, it, which... If you if you look at the volume of homes that are sold through the MLS, it's significantly more than the volume of homes that are rented through the MLS. So one big or little one in the rental space can really throw a neighborhood out of whack. And so I'd, I'd like to take a larger sample size and look at what's going on every six months and what, uh, what kind of stands out this time compared to last year or the year before. Um, so what I, what I decided to start digging into for this uh, 2022 mid-year report, mid-year update, mm-hmm. is um, what 
obviously is happening in the sales world and how is that impacting what we're doing with rentals? That's kind of the topic of conversation today. Um, so I decided to look at per month, how many homes sold through the MLS versus how many homes either canceled or expired. So in other words, didn't sell. And January, February, March, and April were all pretty much the same, right around 5%. So for as a percentage of the ones that sold. So for every 100 homes that sold throughout King Pearson, Snohomish County, there were about five homes that didn't sell uh, and came off the market. They either canceled or expired. Um, that took a fairly significant turn in May. Uh, it was up to almost 11%. So it basically doubled. I think this is right around when interest rates started to rise. Yep. Um, and then in the month of June, uh, it nearly doubled again to over 21%. So again, January through April, every 100 homes that sold, there were five that didn't. Last month, we're up to 21 that didn't. 20, Michael, would you 21%, like- 21%, right? As a percentage of the number of homes that did sell. So right. again, for every 100 that sold, there were 21 that didn't sell in right. June. And for our listeners too, so they just know, uh, Corey, this information is coming, like you just said, from King, MLS, Homish and Pierce County. That is correct. MLS, and this is in the Washington area. And and I, yep. I got to believe that uh, similar type of stuff is happening in other markets that we serve. But um, this is just giving you kind of a snapshot of this area. So, okay. So, yeah. So that's a big jump uh, from June uh, or from January, February, March of five up to 21, uh, 21% in, uh, in June. That's pretty significant. You, you want to guess what the number is the first week of July? Uh, I'm going to say 42%. 46%. 46%. Wow. It's just an amazing shift in, in what's going on out there. Um, so, so here, I want to, I want, that I want something, I want something to talk about here because I think that this is, you know, when we look at this and so people hear, oh my gosh, see, we're in a declining market yeah. and now 46% of homes aren't selling. Um, that's not that's not a declining mar market. What we're saying is that uh, expectations are needing to shift um, because we still have this high demand. We still have a lot of buyers out there. We still have inventory that's not meeting the, the demand yeah. the challenges in many cases. And, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this mm -hmm. is that we have expectations that lag on the dynamics of the shift. Uh, yeah, um, I, I hear realtors talking about this a lot. You know, I, I was talking in terms of percentages, in terms of total sales, April, May, and June were all pretty consistent with one mm -hmm. another. So that, that percentage kicked up after April, but May and June, the same number of homes roughly still yep. sold than they did in April, to your point just now. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, the, the kind of the stories I've heard anecdotally is just, uh, you know, it's about buying power. It's about, uh, you know, I, I got myself uh, into escrow on this purchase six weeks ago. And what has transpired in those last six weeks, I don't know if I want to buy this house anymore at the price that I originally committed to. And maybe I want to walk away from the deal, walk away from my earnest money. Anyway, that, that may be happening. And then the expectations is, yeah, I look across the street and see what my neighbor got three months ago. And I can't really get that right now. So what does that, it, it's still significantly more than they would have gotten a couple of years ago. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's all relative. Um, and I don't think anyone should expect to, to make a ton of money on a real estate investment after only like six months or something. It, it's generally a long-term hold. Um, 
Anyway, so what is that doing to the rental market? Yes. I, I, I have a couple of other, so I think that this all does kind of tie together. So then I asked my admin staff to run some numbers for me um, because the, the, the whole basis of our existence honestly, at Windermere Property Management is our relationship with realtors. And, you know, we really rely heavily on referral business from realtors. When they have a client looking for leasing and management needs, we're there to help them. And then four years down the road, when they're ready to sell that house, we give it right back. So uh, I asked our admin staff to track what do, what do our incoming referrals look like? Um, and we're up 300 something percent this June compared to last June. In terms of, of people uh, being referred to you to rent. Correct. By wow. realtors. Yeah. Um, and in April, we were almost the same percentage. Oddly enough, May was about even, but year to date, we're, we're about double the number of referrals that we, that we had had uh, through the first half of last year. So, okay. These homes are coming off the market. Here's, here's the kind of unique uh, element to this whole thing that I'm seeing kind of from that 30,000 foot view you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you go back in time a couple years, we saw this happening a lot in one very specific submarket. You want to guess what it was? Uh, was it in condos? Condos. Condos specifically in downtown Seattle for the most part, Um, to a lesser degree downtown Bellevue. But when COVID hit and really became like our new way of life there for a while, people did not want to move into downtown Seattle for a lot of reasons. We've exhausted those reasons. Um, So we got a ton of calls from people who primarily were trying to sell condos in Seattle throughout the summer of 2020 and just wasn't happening for them. There was like, I remember running those numbers at the time. It was like a five-year high for the number of uh, canceled and expired condo listings in Seattle at the time. Mm -hmm. And a ton of those people called us because it was like, hey, we tried to sell this summer, didn't work out. Now we need to lease this property. We call those accidental landlords. Right. Um, It wasn't necessarily their plan, but they kind of had to pivot based on market forces. So that happened kind of the tail end of summer 2020. It was pretty significant. Um, That was really the only space we saw that happening in with any kind of regularity uh, because houses on the Sammamish Plateau were selling in, you know, the first day they go on market. And then in May, we started getting calls about houses on the Sammamish Plateau that weren't selling. this is a stale listing after only like three weeks. And that just kind of blew my mind. Like yeah. <laughs> being, being in sales myself 10 something years ago to think of a listing at three weeks being stale, <laughs> like that is another language to me. Like, right. Well, it's, and, and I yeah. think you bring up a great point because I think there's a lot of people in our industry today that haven't been in for very long. So they haven't seen more of a normalized market. Yeah. And to them normal is like, you know, six days and we have uh-huh. offers offers and when reality is you know like you said go back two years i mean you know homes were on the market for 30 days homes Mm -hmm. were on the market for 45 days yeah and i mean that's balance right i think ultimately that serves everyone better than you know frenetic yeah exactly one, one way or the other um so anyway we start getting these calls on on your traditional four bedroom house on the Sammamish plateau kind of a deal in you know early may 
And we're just thinking, wow, okay, something's up here. Uh, and what do you know? I, like I said, our, our referral calls in June are, are up more than threefold. Um, so yeah, uh, it's happening. Um, I was talking to some of our agents who, who think, uh, okay, what, what do rental property trends do in relation to sales property trends? And there's kind of a, there's an idea out there that things kind of go in the same general direction, but lag by about six months. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's very much an opinion. I don't want anyone to walk away thinking that that is like a rock solid fact. It's just an observation. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily true, but if it's true, um, we really think that there is kind of this golden opportunity right now for people who are, they're, they're thinking they want to sell their home. Maybe that's largely based on what their neighbor got three or four months ago. But if they can come to the real, realization that, all right, I'm not going to get what I really had hoped for this year. And if they make the decision to make a clean break from that process and turn it over as a rental property for a year, let's just say for a year and maybe right. try again next year. If you do that before school starts, if you do it before the end of this summer, um, we are predicting that you're going to be pretty darn successful with it. If you wait, we think that if we start getting into the October, November timeframe, which traditionally slows down anyway, but we're kind of predicting that we're going to see another wave of rental property inventory. And it's not that values are going to necessarily go down, but people are going to have a lot more to choose from. And if you decide to put that Sammamish Plateau house on the market for rent today, we can probably get at least for you b before the end of July. Like I can, right. almost, I can almost guarantee it. Just if, because there's just, there's just less inventory. Yeah. yeah inventory. Yep. Uh, and um, demand, certainly. I mean, we'll talk about people coming to the area with new jobs, I'm sure, a little bit later. Yep. Um, but, uh, you know, if you wait till October and, and a dozen other people had that same idea, now now you've still got this great house that somebody's going to want, but, um, you know, they have 10 others to choose from, theoretically, and are you going to be the lucky one that they choose? So we, ju we just think, you know, and if that does come to bear, how great are you going to look in your client's eyes when everything shakes out and it's like, see, I told you so. Hey, thank you, my realtor, for, for kind of seeing the future there. And let's go put it on the market for sale again next summer. Right. That, you know, um, I'm making some predictions here. Uh, but, you know, it, it seems like a reasonable path that we might go down. Exactly. And the other one I was going to ask you too is how are you seeing right now on, on the flip side of it? So you've got the seller who says, hey, maybe I want to hold on to it. I want to turn this into rental. Mm -hmm. What do you see the impact when interest rates go up and with the supply that we have now? What are you seeing with uh, rental rates in terms of uh, where is the rent right now for a, a renter? Yeah. I mean, is, is it going yeah. up? What's going on there? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely up. Um, I don't have the number exactly in front of me you know it varies from neighborhood to neighborhood but let's just say safely you're up about 10 percent yeah. over last year i mean i think that's a pretty fair number um it depends on these little pockets um there is a huge run on south king county right now because blue origin is based in kent and i'm hearing from people like 
we need more houses in Maple Valley, Kent, mm -hmm. Covington. Like there's all these people with high paying jobs um, moving to Kent. And it's like, where's all the housing in you know, that little corner. Um, Spring District in Bellevue, I keep talking about because I look out, I'm looking at it right now out my mm -hmm. window. I look at it every day. Um, all these new jobs coming here. Northgate in Seattle, uh, Pioneer Square, Willows Road out in Redmond. I mean, so many new jobs coming to the area um, and people need somewhere to live. And are they going to rent a house because it's more convenient for them? Or are they going to rent a house because they want to learn the area before they buy? Are they going to rent a house because they would prefer to buy, but they can't afford what they want? I, I don't know what it is, but um, everybody's in a different situation. Right. Or they, or they yeah. love to buy a house. There just is not one to buy right now. Yeah. The inventory. Yeah. Again, the inventory. The inventory. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, uh, I live in Maple Leaf and like you said, the growth of jobs in that area, in the Northgate area and same type of thing is, you know, uh, there's just, it's tough to find, you know, a property comes on and it still sells fairly quickly. Um, and, you know, there's people that want to rent in that area and they're just like, where are they? And so, yeah. and, you know, and so again, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in owning real estate uh, as a, as a, another way of, of making income, passive income. And, uh, you know, I think that, like you said, if there's a seller who's thinking, well, maybe I don't want to sell right now, my gosh, I mean, a, a phenomenal opportunity, right, to rent your, rent your home for a period of time because there's, there's high demand. Yep. Right? Um, and then I, there is one thing. So the, this is the ask a coach is the whole theme, right? Mm -hmm. So I do, ha I have a coaching tip for, for realtors out there because I know people are sensitive to the idea of um, letting their client go. A little bit right like they, you want to maintain the relationship with your client um you don't necessarily want to refer them to someone else uh and, and let go of the relationship i get that um my my coaching tip would be if if you are going to endeavor to represent your client in this leasing and or management uh activity rather than selling their house um got to be super hyper aware of the local uh, jurisdiction that you're operating in and what their rules are. And I'll be brief with this, but in a lot of places now, just the lease in and of itself is not sufficient. Um, there are several cities around the greater Seattle area that now require additional paperwork produced by the city to be incorporated uh, as basically an addendum to the lease. And if you aren't aware of those and aren't incorporating those into your lease agreements, you can't just pull a lease off the MLS and, and call it good. Um, if things go south, you may be sitting around with a an unenforceable lease. So I just want people to be really careful about that. Well, and I I want to I want to piggyback on that because uh, as a coach, uh, when we coach our agents, right, one of the things I coach our agents is stay in your lane. Um, and what I mean by that is there's things that you're really good at that you've that you've studied for that you've mastered that you're really great at. And real estate has a lot of different facets. And there's there's, you know, there's residential real estate, uh, buying and selling. There's uh, there's property management. There's rentals. There's commercial. And I think sometimes because we have this independent contractor mentality, you think, well, because I have a real estate license, I can do it all myself. And the reality of it is you can't. And and you, the people who suffer in those situations is typically the clients. Right. Right. And yeah. because we're trying to do something that we don't know what we're doing. And so I'm going to just say this, you know, your best friend is referral. 
And just because I refer my seller to property management, because now they want to, they want to rent a home, doesn't mean that my relationship goes away. It means that I provided a level of service to them and I'm still going to stay in contact with them and still stay in flow with them um, and connect them to another highly professional uh, colleague who specializes in that arena, who specializes in that lane. Yeah, I like to think of our relationship with realtors is kind of similar to what they have with their favorite home inspector. Yeah, um, I, I I think it's a, a pretty good uh, correlation. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, you know, if, if you're listening right now and you are in the real estate world, you know, think about that. You know, you're trying to do what's best for your client, but you also want to be able to refer them to somebody who's highly professional, you know, and. Uh, like Corey said, you know, we, we have divisions uh, within the Windermere world of, of offices that spe- specifically work in the world of, you know, property management and renting and leasing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, so utilize the services, right? 100%. Thank you. Um, here's my, my other question for you is this. So as, as things start to transition, as we move, as we move into, um, you know, this kind of what I call new normal in terms of uh, where the market is and what we're yep. seeing, yep. Uh, what, what advice do you have? So for the people out there that are listening that potentially are thinking about leasing their home mm-hmm. or, or they're thinking about renting, are, are you guys doing anything different in terms of what advice you're giving to your clients today? Yeah. I mean, um, there are some things that we have to think about with regard to inflation um, that that's going to be very real for our clients um, where, you know, we've had, I, I was running some numbers about a month ago, uh, days on market, you know, the speed of the market. Mm-hmm. And we've had our fastest spring market as of about a month ago, since like 2015, I think it was. So, I mean, things are really good for our clients, generally speaking uh, right now. Um, and I think that, rental values will continue to increase. It's a popular area that people want to move to. Um, we're, we're fortunate in that way. Um, what we are seeing on the flip side and things for our clients to be aware of and, and maybe be concerned about uh, or not be taken surprised by uh, is the rising cost of maintenance. Um, yeah. And we're definitely seeing that. Uh, whether it's, uh, I mean, some of our some of our more seasoned property managers are telling us that you know, the cost of any given maintenance item is pretty much up 10 to 15% across the board, whether it's plumbing or landscaping or you name it. And okay, so why is that? I, we've seen a lot of vendors start to incorporate their cost for fuel into what they're ultimately billing yes. for the job. Right. Uh, so transportation is becoming a, a more of a significant factor for all these vendors who are out here doing work on all our properties, right? Um, labor shortage and supply chain issues are also, you know, very real concerns. Um, and uh, I think that's where our network of, especially on the labor shortage side, um, our network of vendors that that we have on our approved list um, you know, maybe we're more likely to be able to to, to book a job with them uh, than the average person out there who looks them up in the yellow pages. I always say yellow pages, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously, it was on Google. Yeah, looks uh, up on Google. Yeah. yeah, what's the yellow pages? Either but anyway, yeah. I, I think that having an established relationship with these vendors, it's not that they're necessarily going to charge us less for the job, but... It, more importantly, sometimes they're going to be available to take our calls um, 
rather than maybe a call from someone who would be a first time customer. Um, and uh, so we, we can benefit our clients in that way, not necessarily save them money on that job, but we can get the job done. Um, and then uh, it should be no surprise to anyone that with the with the increased property values come increased property taxes. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing some of those carrying costs, I guess you could, you could wrap that all up into the, into the category of carrying costs. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and with, uh, with rising property values also comes rising insurance rates as well. Yes. Um, so th- those are some categories where we're seeing, you know, some, some balance effects, um, you know, values go up and some of your related expenses go up as well. So we're having that conversation with our clients. Well, and I think, and I think uh, for you, the clear expectations and educating uh, a landlord that, hey, this is happening. The other thing I've noticed too, uh, in, in being a landlord myself, and, and I don't property manage, but I have a property management company that manage them for me, is also the delay in stuff getting done due to supply chain, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and setting real clear expectations with the renters that says, hey, yeah, I, I know this new garage door, we're going to get one for you, but it's mm-hmm. six months out. And you're not kidding. It could be six months out. Yeah. It is that's not a joke. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's where we get to be the punching bag a little bit on behalf of our clients. <laughs> um, because it's not, if you own the house, but don't live there, it's probably doesn't interrupt your daily life. If that garage door has taken a long time to arrive, but it certainly impacts your tenants daily life. Exactly. Uh, and as the property manager is the, is the middleman kind of position, um, you know, we're the ones managing the emotions that go into that because there, there's a very different mindset when it comes to commercial property versus residential property. And we do both. And, um, I've never heard anybody on our commercial team talk about, uh, like emotional, problems that they're trying to deal with with their right. with their portfolio <laughs> right. but man with with residential i mean people's feelings get hurt and uh our clients have emotional attachments to the house that we're leasing for them because it's the house that their grandmother grew up in or right. you know um and so managing those emotions particularly with what you said about sh- supply chain delays and how long it's taken us to get things done yeah yeah. And yeah. I, and I think just real clear expectations and as things shift, because a lot of times I know for myself, like, uh, for example, you, you, I, clearly you probably have people that own rental properties that don't literally live in that specific area as well. And so not knowing what's happening there, I, I think that uh, the other key too, is just uh, the level of communication that you give out to your clients on a regular basis. I think that's another big, big positive is that, is there consistent communication with your landlords about, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what you can expect. And I know that your company does that very well. Um, and just letting people know, here's some things that you might want to be aware of as the, as the market shifting. We do a monthly newsletter. Um, it usually includes some kind of a legal update. Um, and then when something really significant happens, uh, we'll send out like an official corporate memo, um, or maybe I'll do some kind of a video message where I really explain in, in thorough detail, the, the new protocols that we're having to follow. Um, 
I think probably one of the biggest ones, it's a recent example, would be in Seattle. Uh, there was a shift from a 60-day notice to a 180-day notice on a, renting, on a rent increase. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and so we, we did a little extra on the communication side with our clients to prepare them for that. Um, it wasn't just a couple sentences in a monthly newsletter. Uh, so depending on the situation, uh, will kind of dictate uh, the level to which we want to communicate with people. Yeah. Yeah. That's, what, that's like five, five months, six months. Yeah. Six, six months, yeah. six months. Mm -hmm. So six month time frame in terms of, of having a rent increase. Right. And just to, to throw some context into that um, I just received a notice from my lender where I do my mortgage through and I have personally my property taxes and my insurance all running tied in with my mortgage payment, right? Right. Um, and I just got a notice in, what would it have been? In late June, I got a notice that my payment was going up on the uh, insurance portion, 17%, the, the property tax portion, somewhere around 10. And overall increase, when you throw all that together, was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 7%. Um, and I got about five weeks notice on that <laughs> just for context. Yep. Well, and, and, you know, and, and that's the thing. And so then you say, oh my gosh, well, now we got to increase, uh, we increase our rent and it doesn't work that way. No, um, yeah. Th there, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and I think, I think that's, those are the things that I think sometimes, that uh, that real estate agents don't always think about is they've got this resource in the property management division uh, where you guys have a lot of uh, information as it pertains to uh, job growth, to uh, vacancy rates, to performance, to performa, to laws and what's happening where, again, stay in your lane. I always recommend if, if I've got clients today that I know have a uh, an idea of having real estate be part of their wealth plan, meaning they're going to buy rental properties. I want to try to tap them into your information so that I can keep them educated. I'll deliver the information, but it's coming from your company and just substantiate that relationship so that collectively, number one, I can build a stronger relationship because I'm providing value. Number two, at the point that they want to do something in owning uh, rental properties, now I've got a resource to come back to you to help them manage it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And uh, that, I mean, we couldn't be more grateful for that. And one of our favorite things to do uh, at the end of each year, we, we do this annually, is, is count up the amount of sales volume that we refer back out on, a, on an annual basis so we can stay in our lane, right? Yep. Uh, we're, we're not interested in, in uh, I don't even want to, let alone try to sell someone's house for them or represent them in a purchase, which we don't do. I, I'm not even really comfortable answering the question like, well, if I buy this one, what could it sell for in five years? Like, I don't, right. I don't want to be in that side of the conversation. I, I can, I can help inform you on what looks like a good investment purchase in the context of uh, how fast is the market moving in that neighborhood? What is the, what is the demand looking like from a renter perspective? How mm -hmm. has, how has the rental price appreciation performed historically and what that is likely to do? But what you can sell it for five years from now, that's your realtor's job to, um, 
kind yeah. of evaluate that for you. And so we work as a team and uh, there, there's nothing better than having a great team around you. And uh, we're, we're always really excited to see what that number looks like at the end of the year. Last year, it was $88 million uh, that we, we referred uh, sales wow. transactions out the door. Um, and we're really proud of that. And it just, I think it goes to, to kind of reinforce this, this really great relationship that we have with sales brokers. Well, and let's just, let's just circle back to that for a second, just so it opens the eyes to the listeners is that um, you have people who are landlords who own property. And at some point you have a relationship with them at some point they may decide to sell. Yeah. I mean, we talked about that accidental landlord at the beginning of this conversation and, and that would be your number one uh, most likely scenario there. They, they, for whatever reason, they did not plan on leasing this property and really they want to sell it. And so when, when the right opportunity comes up, then we're going to grease the wheels to make that happen for them. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's terrific. Um, Well, you know, and, and I, I think too, you know, I look at it from my perspective, I just was on a coaching call the other day and we're talking to somebody who said, well, where's the opportunities for owning uh, properties right now? And, uh, you know, there it's everywhere, but, and they said, well, how do I find out about it? I said, well, you know, you need to contact the property management companies that work in those areas. But you know what I find, I find interesting is not all property management companies are the same. Sure. Um, and what I mean by that is there's some people that, you know, you call them up and say, yeah, we manage properties. Well, could you give me a performa for what's happening? And they kind of look at you like you have two heads. Like, what do you mean? <sighs> You know, versus your organization says, "Hey, uh, I've got, I've got a, I've got a, a client right now who's thinking about maybe owning, buying this property as a rental property. Uh, could I get some information from you if this is going to be a good opportunity for them? What that might look like?" And your organization provides stuff like that. Yes, um, the that whole, I, I mean, just I guess to simplify it, we would call it a rental market analysis on yes. any given property, and that's kind of the that's kind of the message that I like to deliver when I'm talking to groups of realtors, you know, you've got these investor clients. Um, they know they want to be purchasing in a, in a general area. Uh, if you want to kind of narrow that down, you can certainly get a hold of these six month statistical reports that I mentioned I do, mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of a broad overview of, okay, this one seems to be appreciating faster than that one or whatever the case may be, or in this neighborhood, a four bedroom home significantly outperforms a three bedroom home. Um, and so, I mean, that's a big one. That is usually a big one. If, if you can purchase a four bedroom home in the same neighborhood as a three bedroom home for, you know, roughly the same investment. And the only difference is that it might have, maybe they're even the square, same square footage. It's just that this one has a layout with an extra bedroom that usually makes a big difference on the rental price. Yeah. Um, regardless of what the purchase price was, all other things being equal. Um, so anyway, if your client can narrow down, you know, a half dozen properties that they kind of got their eye on, then we'll be happy to take that list from you and run the numbers on each of those five or six properties and just kind of give our two cents on what we think looks like a strong investment purchase from a rental demand and pricing standpoint. Well, and I have to just say from my personal experiences, once and, and once an investor has that information, it makes the decision so much more clear in my mind. 
and it gives me more confidence to move forward because, you know, because obviously I'm buying this to pencil out. So it becomes a return on my investment. And if I don't have that information, it's very unlikely that I'm going to move forward and do anything. And so I think uh, for the listeners out there, if you do not currently have a great relationship with a property management company, if you're listening and you're outside of the King Snowbush and Pierce area, um, then you know what? Uh, seek seek that 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 entity out because it's it's a really good um, relationship to have in your toolbox, so to speak. Because you know more and more people with what with what's happening in stocks right now and what's happening with our four hundred one ks. There's a lot of people that are taking their income or their money and they're investing it in real estate because they're truly understanding it can be a really long term uh, wealth growth tool, if you will. Uh, but you need to have people that understand it. Yeah. Um... You ju- you said something a minute ago that sparked a, an idea. Um, so while you were saying that, I, I just jumped on the MLS. They now uh, allow uh, you to run ranking reports for rental properties, which is relatively new. I've been asking for it for years. Um, I'm going to brag a little bit. Yeah. If, if you look at uh, the top performing property managers in King County, seven out of the top 10 are from our office and 16 out of the top 25. That's terrific. Um, and I think we have, when you, when you look at number of transactions and total volume, mm-hmm. we have about 35% of the market share. Um, so I'd like to think we know what we're doing. And you, you mentioned earlier that not all property management companies are the same. I agree. Um, I'm not going to go too far down that road, but uh I, I think the the numbers that we're able to produce year after year tell the story. Um, we we're almost always faster with our days on market and time is money. Um, and I think that really is a product of how great our leasing team is. I mean, yeah. they're awesome. They're the best. You, you met them. I, last yeah. time we talked, you came out and met them all. They're, they're the best. I, I hands down. Well, and I do have one question to ask. You know, I know as as uh, as real estate individuals, we network a lot, and you know, because I always need to refer people to other really, really great real estate agents. I mean, do you have a referral network? So, for example, if somebody said, "Well, you know, uh, Corey, we're not looking to do something King Snow Ocean mm-hmm. Pierce, but you know, we're interested in the Tri Cities area." I mean, right. do you have relationships with other good property management companies where you're able to say, "Yeah, well, let me get you in touch with somebody there that can uh-huh. do something similar to what we do." In a lot of places, yes, but not everywhere. Okay. Um, you it, it, it'd blow your mind how many people Lori Gill knows. Like, <laughs> I, I'll I'll get that question and I'll ask her, and she's like, "Oh yeah, three four names, just boom in right whatever it is, Tri Cities or wherever." Um, so uh, there's a decent chance that we'll know somebody that we trust uh, in another market, uh, but not always. I I wouldn't say that we know everybody everywhere. Uh, but it's definitely worth asking. Well, yeah, it's a good starting point, I guess I should say. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, so my takeaways from our talk today, and, and I just want to just kind of put a bow on this, is uh, first and foremost is that we're seeing, uh, because of what's happening in the normalization of the market, we're seeing more properties that potentially might might go towards the way of being rentals mm-hmm. uh, because you called it accidental, accidental sellers. And so that's a good avenue. The mm-hmm. other one is, is that as interest rates increase and uh, we go into this market, we're also seeing increasing in rental rates. So people can expect that they're going to pay more for rent. Um, and that's a lot of that has to do with, as you said, increasing insurance, uh, increasing property taxes, increasing of cost of goods and delivery uh, slowdown of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. 
right? That causes mm-hmm. that. And also um, people stay in their lane, <laughs> right? I mean, if, if this is not your expertise, there's a lot of litigious stuff that goes on, a lot of documentation, a lot of change in the laws that we're not aware of that we can get ourselves in hot water if we decide to dip our toe in the water. Yeah, uh, thank you. I, I'm right with you on all that. Yeah, and get somebody who's really, really great, hopefully of, of, from Corey's team, if you're in that area, Kingston, Ocean Pierce, that's in your team, if you will, that can provide that high level of information for that group of people in your database that are saying, hey, real estate is part of our wealth plan and help educate them on how they're going to make the best investment decision. I, I want to clarify one thing real quick. Um, I always run my stats in Pierce County because I think it's good to get uh, the the whole kind of greater Seattle area from Everett to Tacoma. Yep. Um, but we do not actively engage in Pierce County Okay. Um, with our services. We're King and Snohomish. King and Snohomish. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, good yep. to know. Yep. Um, so, uh, so great. Hey, any, any, anything, any, anything else you have for the good of the order? Uh, no, I think we hit it all. Um, I really appreciate the the time, Michael, and the opportunity. And um, I, I don't know if you could tell, but I love talking about this stuff. Even if, hope it doesn't bore people. <laughs> no, I love it. You know, and and the reason why I think it's so important that we we do this and we and we bring it up is just to educate people on the fact that you know residential real estate buying and selling and property management leasing and and renting they're they're different beasts and there's and there's there's companies and services like yours that provide a high level of professionalism to the client and i think ultimately that's what we're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. um and as you said it's a different animal because there's there's relationships and emotions and things that go on that don't necessarily happen in some of the other aspects of our real estate world um, and I want people to understand that there's resources and they should be tapping into those resources because when they do that, it enhances their relationship with their client and takes it to another level. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, and so I just always end these uh, with our listeners. Thank you for listening uh, to our podcast. We really appreciate it again. Uh, we like to kind of take some of the tough questions and situations going on in real estate and provide some solutions for you. Hopefully it enlightens you. If you found what we're doing uh, useful, please feel free to comment, share, give us a rating and pass it on. And we'll always end these first by saying, Corey, thank you so much for being here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. And, and then we also say, hey, everyone, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. just want to thank you for listening to Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. If you found our content helpful, please feel free to share it. And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.